seated. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God. Amen. When Sunday is over, most of us return to the rest of our lives. The Monday to Saturday. For some, that might mean going off to paid employment, but for a large majority, our work isn't paid employment. But we still have activities that we might be engaged in. Some of it we might have some choice about. Whether we attend a local group like Rotary or Athene to hear a speaker. Whether we engage in an activity like tennis or golf or bridge. Or perhaps a choir that we might participate in. Some we might not have so much control over. Things to do with the house and cleaning it. And cars that need washing. The gardens that need attention, shopping for groceries and for other roles. For some, that might mean caring for others. Some of you may care for elderly parents. Some of you may look after grandchildren or perhaps your own children who take in to and from activities during the week. During Lent, we are looking at God at work. And as I said before, we're thinking of work in the very broadest terms. Before we get into this topic and look at a lot, a lot further, I'm going to grab a quick snapshot of what that looks like for some of us sitting here. I'm going to wander around with my roving mic, and I want you to think of one word or two words about an activity that you are engaged in during the week. If you are in paid employment, you might want to give the name of what that role looks like, but if you're not in a paid employment and do some other activities, share with us what some of those activities might be, but just one or two. I'm just going to walk down the middle aisle and back the other. So unfortunate for the people who are sitting in that middle aisle, here we come. Isabel, got to hit Mark, I can see you moving. Get back over this side. It's always one, isn't there? My word. Uh, hey, I do fundraising for Parenting Place. I also spend lots of time with my family. I don't do much other than housework. <laughs> Sounds like a great activity, housework. Um, I work at the hospital in the labs. Um, I enjoy my time living at Edmunds Hillary, and um, especially having a daughter from Australia here at the moment. Oh, this is a daughter from Australia. Fa welcome daughter from Australia. Mark, as you move. <laughs> One word, two words. What do you do during the week? Drug sales. Drug sales. Oh, I don't know whether this is a good idea, actually, coming around asking people what they're involved in. Rosemary, one or two words One about something you're involved in. Supporting other people. Visiting elderly friends. Not much. <laughs> um, cooking for friends, moving house. <laughs> In the office. Okay, um, part-time work, but also looking after grandchildren, doing lots of things. Yeah. Uh, fixing our water tanks at Waiheke. <laughs> Marketing and performing in a choir in Wellington. Mm. Okay, Mary. Uh, various groups, 
singer like you three A. Mm. Right, two people. I'm going to circle up this side. Mary. Mm. Patrick, knitting. Right, okay. Dave? Uh, counseling, listening. Wow. Oh, what, what to Celia? Oh. Uh, working on a farm at these days, uh, getting rid of all the mycoplasma bovis. Committee work. Family support. Helping Glenn at Westbury. <laughs> Glenn needs all the help he can get. Teaching children at school. I'm retired, so I just go to the gym and do gro- groceries. There's no just about it. Going to the gym and groceries, yes? Painting and drawing. I go every Friday to the community center where I live and play Rami Cub. <laughs> On you. And we better find out what Glenn does during the week because we often want to do that. What? Hey? What do you, you do? Glenn? I make sure everyone else is doing what they should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn, what about you? Mixture of things from consultancy work through to um, gathering. Support each other. It was my fault I had the hand over the bottom of it. You can hear, and we've only just gone up and down the main aisles, there's a whole raft of things that people are involved in, and I know I'm, I apologise for those that might have been dying to share what that was. We're going to come back to that list in a, a, at the end of the sermon, so just hold on to those thoughts for the moment. Let's recap for those that weren't here last week. Last Sunday, Glenn gave us an overview of God at work. We heard that God works. You know, if we open up our Bible in our opening verse, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning when God created. It doesn't start with God at rest, God, you know, leaning back, having a, have a Sabbath rest. He starts with creating. It's important to realize that God is very much involved in work as we are. And I'm not going to repeat his sermon. You'll be relieved to know. You can listen to it online. But let's have a look at some of the ways that God is a worker. Now, I've got a bit of a list. Is that going up shortly? Um, Some of the ways in the Bible that God is described. God is described, for those that might be a bit small in some cases, a gardener, an artist, a potter, a shepherd, a king, a winemaker, a homemaker, a builder and a guard. And I'm sure we could keep on adding to that list. You know, we are made in the image of a God who works. And God calls us to work alongside him. Remember, we're taking the very broad sense of the word work. You know, but sometimes we can end up in our heads with a divide. Have we got that image? Next one, that's it. We can end up with spiritual on one side And on the other side, the secular. We petition off our faith in church. That's what we do on a a Sunday, or maybe we come along to the Wednesday midweek service. And on the other side is the rest of our lives. That's our paid employment. That's our sports. That's our hobbies. That's our secular world. We put that on the other side of a divide. You know, we spend most of our lives involved with work in some shape or form, And yet I wonder if at times we dismiss it as if it's nothing to do with God. I wonder if we 
segment off our faith and spirituality. And if our work of our other secular activities don't feel holy enough, then we don't see the connection between our job and worship, our faith and work. And I suppose in some respects, let's face it, if our job isn't giving us much fulfillment and we don't see the purpose of it, that Christ is behind it, that God is with us in it, then it's very easy to flick a switch and we go through the motions, whether it's where we just put our head down and do the vacuuming, we put our head down and just finish off all those emails, we put our head down and um, send off all those invoices and we pick up God when we leave work again or re-engage on a Sunday. Now please note I'm thinking here that we don't really leave God. But sometimes I think we do mentally leave God at the church door, at, at the home as we drive to work or go off to our activities and pick up God afterwards. And as I said, I use that figuratively because we don't leave God behind anywhere. God is very much with us in our work on our Monday to Saturday. But sometimes it can feel as if we've shut it off. God is with us at work. You may have realized that we've moved away from our normal lectionary readings during Lent as we focus on this topic. But let me look at, first of all, the Old Testament reading from today. Story of Moses and the burning bush. And God calls Moses to become a leader of the Hebrew people. Today I want to highlight something a little bit different than perhaps we perhaps normally focus on. Here is Moses, well, not in this picture, but Moses is in his normal day-to-day work, minding his own business. He's caring for his sheep when all of a sudden God interrupts what he's doing and says, take off your shoes, you are on holy ground. Now God is wanting to tell Moses something specific, but God is right there in that workplace. Moses' place of work. And he's wanting to engage with him, he's wanting to use him, and he is present with him. So what about us? God is with us also at work. And I think we know that at a surface level, but do we actually know that at a really deep level? Do we feel that deep down, that God is present with us, wanting to use us, wanting to engage with us? So whether we're minding sheep, whether we're sitting behind a computer, whether we're in the, ki- in the kitchen serving some tea to others, walking into a rest home to visit someone, or serving in a shop, perhaps like our mission shop, God is wanting to engage with us. God is wanting to use us. If we really take that to heart and reframe how we look at our Monday to Saturday from that perspective What difference would that mean? We can probably move off that slide. If Jesus joined you each week and worked alongside you in your Monday to Saturday activities, would that make any difference to the way you do your daily work? Jesus was in the next door cubicle on the computer, if Jesus was serving in that shop, 
if Jesus was also pouring that coffee? Would that make a difference with how you engage with people? If it does, what sort of difference? If God is in this place, what does that mean about the work you're doing in this place? Let me just imagine this. You're busy doing something, and it could be at home or wherever, your Monday to Saturday. And you're in the middle of doing something, something that's important, and you get interrupted by someone. Might be a phone call, might be someone walking in. Well, instead of seeing that as an annoyance, could we reframe it and see it as an opportunity and say to God, you've brought this person into holy ground, into my workplace, into where I am. God, this is an opportunity. What are you asking me to do? What are you asking me to how to engage with this person? I wonder if we saw it like that, whether we'd see it less of an interruption and as instead as a way of sharing our light and hope into the world. You know, I think day to day we need to seek opportunities to go against the grain, to go against the secular grain, to offer small acts of kindness, offer words of encouragement to our colleagues, to speak positive things into negative situations. You know, if you're sitting around the bridge table and it's getting pretty feisty there, maybe you could speak in some positivity into that situation. Maybe you could be the calming influence, a place of peace. If you are around a boardroom table and there is quite a conflict happening and some disagreement, maybe you can speak some words of wisdom and bring some way of conciliation and reconciliation and a way of combining and moving together that maybe the others can't see, but you can. Our work matters to God. Do you agree with that? Yeah, do you think that 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 is the case? Well, I wonder if we look at one of our scriptures, if we think about the Mary and Martha passage, and you might think, oh, no, Jesus didn't really care about what Martha was doing. Let's just recap on that story. We have two sisters, Mary and Martha, and Jesus has been invited to their house, and Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, soaking up every word. Martha is, I don't know, it looks like she's in the kitchen from what it appears. We're not giving lots of information, but she's obviously busy doing something and she's distracted. She's, you know, doing that. And after a while, it obviously gets to breaking point because she's seeing her sister sitting there doing nothing and she's slaving away. And she says to Jesus, doesn't it worry you? that Mary is sitting there not helping me out? Can't you say something? Isn't family love great? And what does Jesus respond? He doesn't say, yeah, you're right. Mary, get up and help your sister. No. He says, Mary, you've done the right thing. Martha, what are you doing? You're distracted. And so we can often think about it. Oh, Mary's the golden girl. Martha... She should have sat down too and listened. But actually, across the week when I was reading some of these commentaries, they put a different spin on it. They said maybe it's not actually about, well done, Martha, good girl, naughty, um, sorry, well done, Mary, you know, naughty Martha. But actually, it was about the headspace they were in. Mary was at peace, sitting there listening, 
Martha, he says a couple of times, is distracted. Her head is going all over the place. It's not actually that she was working, that she was doing these things, offering this hospitality in the background. It's not the task he had an issue with. It's about he was concerned for her. Your head's in lots of spaces. You were distracted. I thought that was an interesting spin. So it's not as if, oh, we can be holy, but we can't be, you know, do our secular stuff. We don't have to divide it off into two different segments. It can be a both and. Have we got that uh, next picture? We can too often divide our secular lives and our spiritual lives. We put our faith in a box and leave it behind either at the church door when we go off to other activities. What would it be like to think about our work as an opportunity to worship God, as an opportunity to engage in God's mission, an opportunity to engage with others and be that light and hope to others? What would it be like to build a bridge and bridge that gap so instead of having things separated, they are enmeshed? As we engage in our secular activities during the week, we are constantly thinking about other people, how we can engage with them, what we can do to support them. How can we carry God into all those situations? And as I think now about all those lists of things that we are engaged in, I've only went down that middle aisle. What a wonderful mission field. What a wonderful way that St. Aidan's people are out in the community engaging with one another. How about we be that salt and light? How about we take our faith into the workplace? It's not that we're going always out to you know, convert people, but to show God's love, to connect with one another, not to shut it off, but to be aware of God with us in that place, journeying with us because our work matters. I'm aware that we can't cover the whole topic in 15 minutes, and some of the thoughts I've gathered and got together have come from two websites, which I'll recommend to you. God at Work and Theology of Work. There's some wonderful podcasts, videos, uh, reflections, commentaries. Do have a look. We'll put the websites in next week's newsletter but there are a wealth of information if you are struggling with how God and work and your faith all enmesh together, do look further. But for now, I want to close, and I'm going to say the prayer that's on the front of our newsletter. It's not on the screen, but if you did pick up one as you came through the door, you might like to read it with me, and if you didn't, just let the words wash over you. Let's just pray this prayer together. God of all delight, grant us that joy which none can take from us of having a work to do, a life to live. Open our eyes to discern your hands at work so that we may take our place as laborers together with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.